Miracy. This concept of like calling them workouts, I thought was an interesting take on it and maybe an interesting way to like tap into people's willingness to do physical action like, and bring that into the online course environment. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eaney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey there, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it, or both. Today, we welcome David H. Lawrence XVII to the show. David is an actor, coach, and audio expert. He's also the creator of VO Heroes. David, welcome to the show. Danny, Abe, how are you? We are great and very excited to be talking to you. You and I go quite a ways back. I know, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think, actually. It's been like close to a decade now, I think. Oh, longer than that. Longer than that. We were in that mastermind before 2012, I'm pretty sure. Well, it was right around then. So we're going on a decade. Yeah. But for people who don't have my rich history with you, um, who are you and what do you do and how did you come to be doing it? So the role that I'm assuming today is one of talking about my voiceover classes. And for that, I spent almost 40 years in radio in uh, the United States. And when you do radio, when you do television, it's only a matter of time before the advertising community comes to you and says, hey, do you do voice work? Do you do commercials? Do you do narration? And so I did that pretty much in lockstep with my radio career. And then I don't know what happened, but in 2003, I got this crazy idea that uh, I could do on-camera work as well. And so I moved out to Los Angeles and pursued an on-camera career, which has been uh, pretty good to me. And during the course of that, my survival job was doing voiceover work and and doing uh, a syndicated radio show. And people kind of caught wind of that and started asking me to help them put together their demos and maybe build their home studios for them or at least advise them on it. And it became pretty clear to me over time that I had a, a skill set that was valuable to other performers, other actors, other voice talent who hadn't gotten as far as they'd wanted to. And so I did what any good entrepreneur does. And I put together not just a course, but a series of courses in a curriculum that teach people how to go from not knowing much to uh, knowing enough to be competitive and pursue a professional voiceover career. So that's what I do. Awesome. So I want to dive deeper, obviously, into the courses, but I would be remiss if I didn't invite you to share just a little bit more about how broad and eclectic your experience is, and particularly your acting work that some of our listeners may have heard, may have, or rather may have seen. Yeah. Yesterday I was at Best Buy and I was buying a mouse and <laughs> the guy said, you know, you look an awful lot like that guy from Heroes. And I said, yeah, I am that guy. Thank you. I've done probably a hundred different television series. Most people know me from being the puppet master on NBC's and the BBC's Heroes. It's been a really interesting run. I didn't get the very first job on camera until I turned 50. And so I'm kind of uh, on a mission to make sure that people don't tell themselves limiting beliefs about their age or their weight or their hair or their, their, their look, you know, everybody's welcome. Everybody's in demand. Um, and it's been a nice addition to doing not on camera, just on mic work for most of my career. 
So I've done a lot of television, a lot of film. I've done a, a lot of podcasting. I've done over 12,000 episodes. So did that more clarify? It clarified and it also raise, raises a question because mm -hmm. a lot of people who are exploring the world of course creation, they're multi-talented, multi-passionate, doing multiple things. Maybe they have a side gig, maybe they have a main gig, and this is the side gig. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for you, I mean, you've got a lot of irons in multiple proverbial fires. How do you balance that? And when you think about your courses, are the courses the main thing and the acting is the side gig? Is everything the main thing? Is everything a side gig? How do you think about that? You know, it's interesting. I was actually pondering that yesterday and today because I use a method called the Ivy Lee method. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I actually saw somebody advertising a course on how to do the Ivy Lee method on Instagram the other day. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's a very low-tech, high-touch way for me to keep everything, uh, you know, kind of organized. And my stack of Ivy Lee uh, cards is uh, actually getting thinner on purpose. Each card supports a project that I'm working on. And I've been really, really deep in thinking about priorities and about shiny butterflies and how they can distract us. And you can start to become very fatigued if you say yes too much. And so I've been in the process of kind of winnowing down the, the things that I've been doing and really paying attention to the things that feed my soul. So when I built my business, I built my business on the notion that it could be Uh, stopped or paused at any time should I get booked on something. It's designed for performance work coming first. For example, every month I do workouts with my voiceover clients where they're on mic from their location and I coach them. And those are scheduled on a date certain. But if either one of us have an audition or a booking that comes up at the last minute, we simply reschedule. We don't gnash our teeth. We don't go, oh my God, I canceled everything to do this. It's just the work comes first because the work can be uh, so precious and lovely. Had to do that last month for a series that I'm going to be on on Apple TV and loved the notion of being overt about that planning. Uh, it's all fascinating. And uh, I have some follow-up questions, but we'll circle back to that because I, I want to hear about your course. Tell us about your course that is the star of our show. So, yeah, I have been teaching voiceover here in Los Angeles for about, mm, I'm going to say, close to 18 years now. And I was kind of dragged into it one day when I was at an acting class. And uh, during a break, I went off to the corner and used my new iPhone to record an audition and send it off to my agent. And one of the other actors asked me what I was doing. And we got into a conversation and she said, could you show me how to do that? And I'm like, sure. So... All the coursework that I do revolves around performance. Um, I teach a, a, a curriculum called VO Heroes, which is my kind of premium curriculum. It's a series of uh, 36 courses that cover everything from the technology needed to do voiceover to the performance categories of voiceover to building the business that you need to build to be competitive in the voiceover community. And then the mindset. And a lot of that, uh, I draw lessons from you and from others that I've been partnered with in Masterminds. I also have a second major course that's kind of a subset of that called the ACX Masterclass. And that revolves around building a business on Audible's audiobook platform, ACX. And so that's what I'm going to be drawing from for uh, author as narrator 
Um, during the pandemic, uh, I, w- I witnessed all these teachers being sent home from school and the principals kind of like yelling after them after they walk out the door when they were closing the schools. Now, don't stop teaching. Don't, don't st- you, you know how to use that, that Facebook thing, right? Isn't that what it's called, Marge? Facebook? You know, they, but no training, no equipment recommendations, no how to set things up, no how to use Zoom, how to be safe on Zoom. So my King Lear project during the very first months of the pandemic was creating a course called Teach Your Stuff Online, Teach Your Course Online. And it was just about how to get set up at home to teach courses. And it was mostly for teachers. I gave it away for free. About 1,300 teachers around the country and the world grabbed it and hopefully made them better in terms of where they were setting up in their laundry room or wherever. And that's what I do. So those are the courses are around uh, voiceover in particular and performance in general. How do you do that? What's worked for you in terms of actually helping people become better narrators, better speakers, better voiceover artists? One of the things that I help people do is not only learn what they need to learn, but also unlearn what may be holding them back. Uh, Radio people have been, they've been rewarded for years, in some cases, decades for being an announcer being that big voice. And yeah, I was there. I, that's how I made my living. And the truth of the matter is, is that storytelling is far more varied and nuanced. And in many cases, I have to give them a permission slip to go back to being themselves. Instead of Starbucks, just Starbucks, just being a piece of connective tissue. And that's what people respond to. That's what people want. That's what the copy calls for. That's what serves the story. So much of what I do is making sure that my clients and students have the joy of making money from being themselves. I guess the other piece of it would be, you know, one of the challenges with courses is in general, um, and interested to hear how you tackle it in your specific situation. But the, the challenge is often like, we know the direction that we want to see our participants, our learners go in, and we can paint the picture, you know, for where they should go, but sometimes they struggle to get there. So just curious what you've seen among your students in terms of how they like adopt and learn the techniques, the skills that you teach, where are the challenges or stumbling blocks in doing that? And then how are you helping them, you know, pass those stumbling blocks? So the engagement with the course material is something that I've been really proud of. We do gamification. I use LearnDash as a plugin on my website, and I use gamification with LearnDash to keep them on track. Um, the courses are all in a particular order. We start with the equipment because that's what you'll be using all throughout the course. And so, you know, we have a lot of different mechanisms that we use in terms of supporting students. And despite those things, I had to come to a moment where I was at peace with the fact that everybody's level of engagement is going to be different. And I can't really control that. I can encourage it. I can sort of, you know, lay out all kinds of treats along the path and hope that they find them and move forward to the next one. Uh, I do a lot of leapfrogging in my work and I do a lot of um, uh, open loops from one course to another. Uh, to keep people kind of engaged in that. I mean, I love the fact that I get to use storytelling as I'm building my courses. And I'm also, I don't know if it's rare anymore. I don't know if it isn't rare anymore, but I am my own audience member. I am teaching to my students what I do every day in my work. And so that gives me a perspective that I'm sure a lot of people who do coursework 
you know, if you're teaching sewing and you're sewing every day, well, you're eating your own dog food. And that's the the phrase that I use when I tell people, you know, why do I use the microphone that I use and give my students the very same microphone when they join my curriculum? Because it's the tool that's least expensive for the highest amount of quality. The microphone that I'm speaking to you on right now is has been uh, something that fooled engineers for years and years and years thinking it was a much more expensive microphone than it was, and it was not a USB microphone, which it is. It's one of those unicorns, and I find that throughout my work, is that I'm kind of like the frugal voiceover talent. You know, I don't want you to overspend. I don't want you to throw money at problems if you don't have to. And so the engagement that my students show, I feel like, you know, I can always get better, but I feel like I'm pretty maxed out compared to where I could be or where I was in terms of tools that I use to keep people on the path. I hope I'm answering your question. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And uh, David, because I'm sure our listeners are going to want to know, what is the microphone that you're speaking into? <laughs> this is the Audio-Technica AT2020 USB+. Plus. David, you mentioned the term workout. And in context, it sounded like you didn't mean at the gym. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well... <laughs> In the world of performance, workouts have been the words that have been used for a long time for actors and performers getting together and working on copy, working on scripts, working on scenes. And so it's a word that's used in the world of physical fitness, but it's also a word that's used in the world of practice. You know, you can always tell a true performer, they don't say, I'm trying out for something. They say, I'm auditioning. They don't go to uh, practice, they go to rehearsal. And so... What we do once a month, I have a team of eight coaches that work with me. And so our students can choose from any one of those coaches. Uh, each of them has their own superpower and they attend a workout once a month or more. You can get additional ones, but at least one where you come to class. It's done via Zoom with no cameras and they've picked three pieces of copy. We discuss the industry, we discuss their questions, but we also do individual work on clips, commercial clips, audiobook clips narration, animation, video games, all the different categories of work. And I give them feedback, as do the other coaches in their workouts. And so it is a way to take what they've been learning in the courses and apply it, not just to live copy in front of others with feedback and with coaching, but also in situ, because they're sitting in their closet or basement or sound booth or wherever they've set their equipment up, and they're able to apply what they're learning uh, practically in those workouts when they're auditioning, when they're doing performance work, etc. So those workouts, in addition to an accountability workout that everybody attends all at once, which I run about business accountability and mindset and so on, are the two workouts that all of our students do every month. Does that, that help? Does that make sense? It does. It helps a lot. So I, I want to circle back to something that came up right at the beginning where you talked about I mean, obviously, you're, you're an actor, you're a creative, you're an artist, and you also appreciate and have affinity for and lean heavily into marketing and business. And a lot of people find conflict or challenge in that. How do you think about that? Or recon I don't think reconcile is the right word, but a lot of people would imagine it's reconcile. Yeah, it how is. Do you, how do you integrate those two things? It's really an interesting question, because in the world of art, there are those who have decided, they tell themselves the story that if they embrace a decent relationship, a productive relationship with money, that they are somehow selling out to the man. They're somehow sullying their art. 
I try my best to take an actor out to lunch once a week. New people in town, I get people who call me up and say, hey, my friend just got here. And we talk for an hour or so. And actors are notoriously poor and notoriously hungry. And I've had people who have asked me questions. How did you do this? What do you do here? Where do you find auditions? What, you know, all kinds of questions about the business. And when they're presented with, well, you know, you're the original entrepreneur as a performer. We've been running around the countryside with our little suitcases filled with costumes and makeup and putting on plays for the villages for millennia. And we've been doing it on a solo entrepreneurial basis, on a group entrepreneurial basis. We've been marketers, like it or not, for a long time. And to think that the two, that art and commerce, can't be married to each other in a productive way, I'm on a mission in my courses to kind of give people a permission slip to be okay with that. You know, a lot of actors want to go take a shower after they've talked about, you know, marketing themselves to the casting community or you know, how to create relationships with production partners that may end up hiring them someday, how to build websites, how to do social media, how to do all the things that are modern marketing techniques, even things like pricing, you know? You and I, and Abe, I'm not sure about your background because I'm not as familiar with you as I am with Danny, but he and I have luckily been involved in communities and groups that have given us a joy of marketing rather than a fear or a loathing of marketing. And a lot of the podcast episodes that I do revolve around kind of being at peace with understanding that you need to be able to market and price and invoice and collect and, and you know, you want to eat and you want to have a car here in Los Angeles and you want to have a decent place to live. And if you don't do those things in service of being the poor struggling artist living in the garret and eating gruel and, you know, suffering for your art, if you don't have some ease in your life, it just adds a layer of struggle to a business that's struggle-filled enough. You know, there are 180,000 SAG-AFTRA actors in the union. There are an average of 5,500 booked roles every year in television and film therein lies a very big gap between supply and demand. And so it's not likely that you're going to work every day. And you have to be okay about letting people know what you do, letting people know how you create a character and what your availability is and where to find you and what your credits are. And so, yeah, I am one of those people who came into this business already laden with a joy of marketing. And I try to share that joy and share that permission slip and hall pass with my clients. Over time, it's a mission that I'm on. So, yeah, you you struck a nerve, Danny. That was fantastic. And I can't think of a better note for us to wrap up on. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Abe, do you want to do the readout? David H. Lawrence, the 17th, is an actor and an expert voice actor coach. You can learn more about him and his voiceover program by heading over to voheroes.com slash start. That's voheroes.com slash start.
Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course. Abe, where shall we begin? I guess one big theme uh, for me here and what David shared was around authenticity. And it came up in a, a few different ways. You know, one, he talked about focusing more on, you know, just what's what's important and meaningful to him so that he's able to focus on what matters the most. But it, it also came out in, in how he talked about marketing. And, you know, we often see people get a bit hung up on marketing. You know, they can feel that it's has to be hypey or, or distasteful and they're kind of run away from it. But it doesn't have to be that way. And marketing is kind of critical to any business. So the way that David talked about it is something that he actually sees as, as more of a passion and something to bring himself to and to teach other people, you know, hopefully it can help reframe it for people listening, you know, as authentic marketing rather than, you know, something that you have to do or that you're forced to do. Yeah, I really like the overall theme of embracing both sides of the work, the art and the commerce and how, I mean, they're synergistic and they have to work together. Neither is better or more noble or more whatever than the other. They just, you know, they're two sides of the same coin. You have to be good at both of them. You don't really have a choice. And with that, recognizing and being explicit about your priorities. And I like he used the word overt about that. And so the mutual understanding with his clients is that if they or he have an audition, they will reschedule. And that's really cool. Like that making explicit the expectation that we're here to follow certain pursuits and some things will supersede. And that's just an expectation. That's not a, you know, nothing weird or unusual about it. No, as he said, gnashing of teeth. Um, so I really appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, from a, a learning perspective, you know, I think we've seen people talk about this in different ways, right? Everyone's looking for what's the right approach for their specific type of course participant to help move people into action. But this concept of like calling them workouts, I thought was an interesting take on it and maybe an interesting way to like tap into people's willingness to do physical action like, and bring that into the online course environment. And sometimes just the language that you um, choose for your course activities is important as well. Yeah, both in terms of framing an expectation and, and drawing interest, but also in terms of adopting the professional language of the field in which you're operating. It leads people to take it more seriously and treat it more professionally. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's, that's all I've got. You want to do the readout? Yep. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of Riziku, here with Danny Eady, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eady is our executive producer, post-production by Post Office Sound. Another big thanks to David H. Lawrence, the 17th, for coming onto the show today. You can learn more about him and his expert voiceover courses over at voheroes.com slash start. That's voheroes.com slash start. And to make sure you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up on Course Lab, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Did you enjoy the show today? If you did, go ahead and leave us a star review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. I'm all self-conscious of my speaking now after listening to his... No, uh, no announcer voice. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Course Lab. <laughs>
All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah. Because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.